Hey now, and welcome to Quantum Drive. I'm Rob. I'm Katie. And our ongoing mission is to discuss every episode of The Orville. Except sometimes we go on side missions where we interview cast and crew from the show itself. And uh, we invited an old friend back for this one. We have Lex Kassar back talking about the episode Home. And I just love any time we talk with him. It's just like picking up with an old friend. Yeah, we got to know Lex really quickly. Uh, We did a prior interview with him in that he mentioned how much work he did on. And if you don't know who Lex Kassar is, he's the lead concept designer on the Orville. And he did a lot of work for Home as well as a lot of episodes in season two. So uh, we wanted to get his feedback and his his take on a lot of the work that he did because we found visually this episode to be very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful episode and he is a fantastic artist. I went to TwitchCon 2019, which he streams on Twitch as well. So please go check out his stream under Good Natured Villain. But I got to meet him in person at TwitchCon and I'll send Rob a picture so that he can put on the website and you can see us mugging for the camera. But <laughs> it was cool because I bought some of his art and it, he is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it was really neat to talk to him about this episode specifically because the episode's not only gorgeous, but to hear his process behind it. Yeah. And not only that, this is a very pivotal episode for the show in general. There, mm-hmm. were, there was a major change that we talked about in the prior episode uh, that happens in Home where Alara leaves. So we thought this episode deserved this extra look behind the scenes. And I was really grateful that Lex agreed to talk to us again and dive a little deeper into the episode besides just our conversation about it. Yeah. So enjoy this additional conversation behind the scenes with lead concept designer Lex Kassar. So the reason we wanted to have you on this episode is because last time we talked to you, you said that this was a particularly significant episode for you because you did so much work on it. Yeah. Home was a really great episode in season two for me because it was exactly that. I did a lot of different work on it. So everything from helping with some of the sets with uh, helping with the uh, the Zelayan transport vehicle, designing what that was going to look like mm-hmm. uh, in the conceptual phase, uh, right down to the uh, Zelayan horse, the Evic. Right. So that was also me. So ha- being part of all these different aspects of Zelayan society from the design process was a lot of fun. That was a lot of free reign. So just that alone, being able to create a world from the ground up conceptually as one of the few people to actually be on that level was great. You know, it's world building, world building 101. Yeah. There's so much more that I wish we could do, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I wish we really got into Zelayan, like, you know, um, ecosystems and stuff like that. But that wasn't going to happen that episode. But you, you know me. I'm like, let's give them a book where they watch. Yeah. Here's an illustrated primer. <laughs> the Zelayan Bible and all the details. Yeah. Zelayan animal anatomy. What kind of guidelines did they give you? Or was it really kind of free reign? Um, it was, it was interesting because you got descriptions visually of what things were, but it wasn't like, here are the rules. Right, necessarily, besides the fact that, you know, we have high gravity and maybe some design aspects, but not a lot of it was, it needs to be exactly this, Mm. which was kind of fun. So it was really what your interpretation of it was. And then you present that to Seth, and maybe Seth will have more notes that way. But like the, uh, the horse, the Evic, that was pretty much like one and done. Um, the skyline was pretty much one and done. A lot of it was, he'd get it, look at it, and be like, yep, like, okay, great. I think we were just visually on the same wavelength that episode too, which was That's a lot cool. of fun, yeah. right? So it's uh, 
It's one of those things where you kind of know what the client wants. It's rare to know exactly what they want. Sometimes you have an idea, but in this aspect, I don't know, maybe after reading the script, it just, all of it felt like the way it ended up looking, which was that kind of 90s, next generation, sci-fi, advanced civilization planet where everything is just like really more like our modern tech architecture and then we kind of like composite some stuff on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of look. Yeah. So I think because I, I felt that when we were reading it, he definitely he bought it when I when I sold it to him in the design. So that's that's great. Yeah. In the uh in the concept art that you have displayed, a lot of it, it looks like a combination of photography and your artwork as well. Yes. So did you get references beforehand for that? Yeah, because a lot of it is using actual like locations, right? So you have to use location photos and photo bash them in with what you want and what you're thinking about compositing on. And then also you may be doing like five of them in one day or something. So mm-hmm. there's also a quickness to things. So sometimes like I got some time to actually sit down and maybe do a painting like I would love to. That's what's great about working on a film. On a film, you have a lot more time for your concept art. So you might have like a week to work on one piece. Mm-hmm. Whereas like sometimes I've got a day, maybe not even that, maybe half a day. At most, maybe it's something like, we need a totally new design in two two hours. Try to figure out something so that we can at least springboard off of it. So, yeah, it's all juggling. You know, if we actually, uh, not to get away from home, but like a good example of that would be um, the episode where they crash on the planet on the escape pod. Everything on Earth excepting fishes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, that we had a lot of time to actually do some of the concept work on. So, if you notice uh, some of my concept pieces for like the swamp. Had a lot more time to do that, so it's just a better painting in general. Like, there's just sometimes you got a lot of time, sometimes you don't, and everything's a juggle. On home, though, I think one of the pieces that I actually did get a decent amount of time with was some of the beach skylines. Mm. We got to be able to develop those a little bit more. What was like the what was the sky at night in a more tropical atmosphere? So that yeah. was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. There's there's one particular one of yours that I looked at side by side with the scene in the episode and it's the part where you look over the Catan's beach house and there are those streaks that are coming down over yeah, the, the night rings. sky the rings of Zalea. yeah yeah that's super yeah. cool yeah man it's fun it's uh, that's what's fun about our show is that we we try not to be too samey i guess is what other things have done like mm-hmm. it's fun to like think we've got this beautiful eden like planet that is Zalea, and it's also got these rings around it it's just it's gorgeous it's a good set piece (laughs) you know yeah it's fun can you tell us more about the beach house location because it's a beautiful place so you know like how we have in new york like the hamptons is it like a zelayan hot spot like is there like background story on that well i'll tell you i'll tell you what it is i'll tell you what it is for real it's it's uh it's a socal beach like probably somewhere in santa monica if i remember correctly it was either santa monica or malibu it's a, a beautiful beach house so again we wanted kind of the Zelayan beach houses to have very much like that, like the Hamptons, like the idea is that it's something that we can relate to. So whether it's the Hamptons, whether it's like a beautiful beach house in California, it's very similar in that way. Mm-hmm. That upper class kind of, you know, oh, this is just a vacation home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Very much that. But very modern, of course, because it's Zelayans. The Zelayans are very refined. They have a very clean kind of geometry to them. Their form language is always very... Um, well thought out. Like, that's mm-hmm. always their idea. Like, if we were to look at, I love to do like a, a bird's eye view of a Zelayan city and it would just be like the perfect civic planning. Yeah. Right. There's no like weird squiggly streets. Everything would be very, not necessarily on a grid, maybe diagonal, but like it wouldn't 
you do have very little traffic in Zalea. That's what mm-hmm. that's the way I like to think about it. Because they're very intellectual, so they're very intellectual, very refined. You know, just not to draw like parallels that are used too much in science fiction, but mm-hmm. Japanese culture, right? Japanese culture has been used a lot for inspiration for alien species. I don't know if you've noticed that in, in science fiction in general, yeah, not yeah, in yeah. every science fiction, but a lot of it, whether it's, you know, something in literature, whether it's uh, a film or an animated thing, there's a lot of that, mainly because a lot of it's Western. So a lot of Western mm-hmm. science fiction tends to use, you know, more foreign kind of cultures as inspiration. So that way it helps. But we're with us. That's kind of Zalea, but not to the not to the culture degree so much as more the um, the design sense. If that okay. makes sense, right? The design sense of the Japanese and like kind of the way that they're very uh, very efficient, no waste, but everything's very elegant at the same time. That's very Zalean to me, mm-hmm. you know. So I tried to think about that a little bit when whenever we're doing anything Zalean, you know, try to really bring in um, really well thought out designs. It, none of it should be wasteful. None of it should be to in your face, to consumer. Mm-hmm. Everything should be almost like, if I buy this teapot, I'm going to buy it for like the next 10 years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, that's the way they think that makes any sense. Totally. W- one of the other things I noticed too, and I thought it was something that was maybe done visually and on the camera, but I saw it in your art as well. So it clearly came from some of your intent is the blending. There's a nice contrast of like warmer colors going on in the environment and then some cooler colors going on in the architecture. That's something I just try to do in general more than anything. But I do like the idea that a lot of the times where we're showing Zalea, it's either it's sunset or it's sunrise. Yeah. Or it's getting close to either one. We don't really see. We see Zalea very quickly in the noonday sun when they first arrive and he drops her off at her parents. But after that, it's you know always this beautiful picturesque golden hour or beautiful starry night. You know, and I I love that. I love the idea that we're trying to present Zalea always as this kind of fantastical Eden place that we've never seen or that we'll never get to experience because if we want to, we got to wear this crazy gravity suit that maybe only lasts a couple hours before we get crushed like a tin can. So it is this cool kind of taboo paradise that really only true Zaleans get to enjoy. So it's kind of fun to present it in that way where it's like you really want to go there, but it's... The temptation is so strong, but if you did go there, there's a good chance you're going to die horribly. That's an interesting aspect that I didn't consider before. Yeah. Right? We don't think about it because every time we see Zalea, even even with his gravity suit, like I, I caught myself even watching after, after watching the episode, even after all that time, being like, oh, man, it'd be fun to go to Zalea. And I'm, I keep having to remind myself. It's like, yeah, it looks beautiful, but my God. Like, Destroy it's so you. dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> the reality Absolutely. of it is different than how yeah. it looks. <laughs> yeah. So... That's super cool. I noticed a lot of the housing is modern. Yeah. In this episode, are you a fan of modern design yourself? I'm a fan of modern design myself, but I'm also a fan of all design. I'm not. I'm not stuck on something, especially from like a world building aspect. I I don't believe like you know society gets a one technology level or there's only one cultural level. Like there's history. There's always history of things. Mm-hmm. We just don't get to see that in Zalea. Mm-hmm. We don't get that opportunity because we really went from like the upper class suburbs to a beach house. So we did get the skyline shot. And in the skyline, there are different kind of buildings enough that some might be older than others. Their material, uh, the materials or even the way that they're being built from a design aspect. There's some variation there. A lot of that got developed with CG guys after I give them my initial concept. So a lot of the credit can go to them too as well for that. But um, that's the idea is whenever we do a cityscape, we don't want to make you. You'll notice like Brandon's really good about being on top of that. You'll notice that it's not just like one type of looking era of building, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. oh, there's some things in there that are made of stone. It's not just all metal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's got to be a little bit of a history. Things are always kind of built up on each other. 
Kalon, maybe not so much because I'm sure the Kalon would be like, we're just going to build it, like tear down this building and put up a new one now. Like, yeah, we're no sentimentality. Yeah. yeah, no sentimentality, right? Exactly. Sentimentality. So it all comes down to that. Like, how much does a, a, a culture lash on to their buildings? Like, I would think Zelayans would have points of interest, points of historical significance, but they would build around them pretty quickly or integrate them into a newer building. So I think if we ever did see Zelaya, like a city proper with history, I think it would be interesting to the fact that maybe they would just designate that as museum spots to a certain degree. Mm. So that way they could just continue and not have to like, because I think if the efficiency aspect would get to them, they couldn't make it efficient. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'd have totally. to be like, okay, well that, that's just going to be a historical space and we'll mark it as so. And then we're going to build a museum on, on top of it because that's what makes sense. You know what I mean? So for me, be interesting to do that. We've never really done that. One of the other things that stands out uh, significantly in this episode too, is the uh, transport that they <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see us laughing at the giant mug that Lex is drinking from right now. But I know, and it's just for you guys. It's just to see how well you can private jokes. Uh, the the transport vehicle that you design that takes them to the beach house and the then little pod they use. Yeah, the pod, mm-hmm. the skip and rock. And then one of the biggest differences being the sleek one that you designed. It remains sleek in the episode, but it also has those like wings on the outside. Is that something you added on afterwards, or was that done post? That's actually, um, that's Brandon. Brandon's like, I'm going to put some wings on it. I'm like, cool, Brandon, put some wings on it. And that's, and that's, and that's awesome. I mean, like, I loved what he did. I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool for it to, like, have a high cruising mode. I was never part of my original design. I was actually trying to think more like the, uh, where my inspiration came from was, funny enough, the cop cars from Back to the Future 2. I've always loved those. I don't know if you've ever, or, or ever seen it. Of course you've seen Please. it. But, yeah, yeah. but if you can remember, <laughs> yes. if you can remember those cop cars, they're mm-hmm. very tear shaped. It almost just looks like a drop of water in its way. And that was actually, um, that design inspired a lot of science fiction artists after yeah. that movie. So you would see similar cars like that for a while afterwards. In uh, Demolition Man, they have yeah. very similar. Demolition Man. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Their cars are very similar to that Absolutely, one. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've always loved that shape. So um, for this lane flying car, transport pod, that's really what I wanted to go for. And I wanted to just, my whole thing was that it was just to be seamless, completely seamless. So when they got in and out, like a door would come off the body, but we'd never see the seams to it almost. Mm. But Brandon wanted to put in the wings and that's cool. I'm down for that, you know, because he's VFX. So after it leaves my hands, if he pitches something to Seth and Seth likes it, that's what we're going with. Sure. That's cool. But me personally, I kind of want, wish it never had the wings. Ho ho. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I just like the idea that it was more like you can't tell what flies it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because that's, for me, that's very Zelayan. Like they don't want to show you the internal workings. They want everything to always be this beautiful presentation. So that's kind of the thinking behind it. Mm-hmm. In your concept art, I noticed inside the lug, I like to call it the luxury shuttle. <laughs> It's very, it's a very nice shuttle. Did you design the controls in the user interface as well? Yeah. So I designed what the controls were going to look like, where they were going to be placed. Um, the UI, I gave them an idea, mm-hmm. right? But then our graphics people run with it. Because again, I can only go so far with the concepts. But I, I was trying to like uh, make sure that it was very automotive in its own way. I didn't mm-hmm. want it to get too complicated. I didn't want it to seem like they were flying a plane. I wanted it to seem like it was user-friendly, right? This is supposed to be a transport pod. So a transport pod is probably going to be used by people that are veteran flyers, but also people that are just starting, right? Your community. This is something that society would build as a general transportation for everyone, whether you're young or old. So I didn't want it to be as complex as what we see on our starships. That was that was the big thing that I was pushing, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't want this to seem like a shuttle 
that can break atmosphere. This is supposed to be something that you only fly around maybe on a planet. Yeah, so yeah. it should be like, hey, if you can get a basic license, you can operate this. Exactly, right? Like, mm-hmm. the look at the difference between a car dashboard and that of a private plane. They're mm-hmm. a little bit different. So they're a little bit more complex. And I wanted to make sure that we kept those kind of relations. That mm-hmm. makes any sense. Those differences. Aside from, like, the UI and stuff and the design, a lot of the stuff that you design looks like it's more on the broad scale for this episode. Did you get to do, like, some of the more smaller things, like, particular objects or like even the food plates or anything like that um i did design what the stove looked like really quick we needed a really quick facade for the stove so if you remember the stove is really just like stainless steel and some lights on it mm-hmm. um i want to do a little bit more than that but um seth was really all about like making it as simple as possible as elegant as okay. possible and again that's very zalea so like that's 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 a great example actually is the stove he wanted to be literally only like one or two buttons and just here are your heating elements and that's all it's got to be Right, that Zelayan efficiency. There's beauty in it, but also efficiency is the big one, right? Form needs to follow function, not function follow form at all, mm. kind of thing. So, like, it's not that they're not artists. It's not that they have beautiful sculptures and beautiful sense of taste. But that is the that's the big rule: is that yeah. they always have to make sure that their technology makes sense. It's not wasteful. They're not a wasteful people. Oh yeah, for um, sure. I'm trying to think about what else we did that episode. I designed what the gravity field was going to look like right around the shuttle. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that was just taking inspiration from season one. I tried to use something that we'd already seen. Mm-hmm. So that way, if you had seen season one, it was something that you instantly just believed because we'd already established it. So if you notice the field that they use when they're in the two, uh, in the 2D dimension, mm-hmm. in the flat dimension, oh. that shield look is very similar. I never connected that. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to the shield that we have in the, in the, in the episode at home yeah. for gravity. And I wanted them to be the same because technically it's not exactly the same, but it's, mm-hmm. The function is very similar, right? You're trying to shield yourself from an environment and the effects of that environment. So why would the sh- why would the shield be too different? You know, absolutely. So yeah. they're very they're very similar in their own ways. They got a lot of nods to each other. So that's why that was the way it was. Uh, I'm trying to think about other things. Oh, the chair that she floats around on mm-hmm. her uh, her little chair that was a little jam session between me and Kit Stolen. We <laughs> we had fun making that thing. It was a bit of a headache at times, but was we made it, it work. Uh, it, well, because I went through a few design iterations at first because we were trying to find a chair that we could modify, not build from the ground up. Okay. Right. So mm-hmm. we did like a different base to it and we gave it like a dolly base. So that way we could also put it on tracks or just wheel it across the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way after VFX got to it, it did look like it was properly floating on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't actually have an anti-grav chair. Oh, no. Be nice <laughs> if we did, but we do not. At one point it was like, do we make it a hovercraft? It's like, no, we don't. That's not, that's going to be too much. Mm-hmm. But that that was fun. That was a lot of fun to figure out because again, Zalea, right? Zalea attitudes, Zalea designs. It's a wheelchair, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a futuristic wheelchair. It's a mobility chair. But how do you design that in a way that looks elegant, looks comfortable, but also looks medical, right? It looks yeah. like mm-hmm. something that someone's using because they have a disability or something. But it's elegant enough that if Lara's stuck in this thing for a quarter of the episode. A is not looking goofy, yeah. Or or B, it just looks too clunky, right? So that was that was a fun one. That was a fun one to go back and forth on. But after a while, I think we really nailed it. Yeah, there are definitely some commonalities between the sleekness and uh, the the function of the chair to the luxury car. Mm-hmm. In a way, yeah, that's the idea. Is, uh, again, that everything Zelians use should have it should of course be very you know useful. It's got to be pragmatic, but there's an elegance that flows between everything, right? No matter what they're doing, everything is very 
beautiful mm-hmm. in its own way, but not wastefully so. Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting mindset because you, you got to make sure that everything you're designing for them has that element to it, right? You can never just design something off the cuff because if it's got an ounce of like kind of um, flam- like too flamboyant in a certain way, like whether it's too showy or whether it's, you know, it doesn't make sense practically, it'll bump really quick. And I think you guys as an audience would pick up on it like instantaneously. Totally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like even the garden shears look like just... Like they're beautiful in their deadly way. Like I'm gonna go do the shirt. <laughs> like they're laser shears. Like I expected, like the end edges to heat up or something. Right. That's actually I wanted to pitch that that they were like these superheated shears. They're like that's too much. I'm like I know, <laughs> I know. But speaking of like the hover chair and how involved you were with that, how involved are you on the set when filming starts? I'm not that involved on the set. They lock me in my cage, man. They oh. put, they throw me in a room. Get the key, they throw it away, and then, like, if you want to see that key again, if you want to see your family again, get all this stuff. No. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true. Help me. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Uh, but, no, I, I, I go down to the set on my own volition. I'm never down there to, um, to help with anything because that's not what stage I am in the process, right? My whole thing mm-hmm. is, again, I'm the guy with the – I'm the guy – I'm the napkin. I'm basically the napkin and a pen – when they go have that meeting, they're like, what's it going to look like? Here, scribble it down. I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that's like, okay, this is the idea, guys. Can we make this? Can we? Is this going to be possible? Is If we do this, this, and this to make this, it, should it look like this? Should it be built this way? I'm literally the initial idea. So after it leaves me, it will come back around to me, but it will come back around to me before it gets built. Or if it got built and it needs fixing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my actual involvement in practically building anything on the Orville has been almost zero to none. I have not built anything practically. That is not mm-hmm. me. And when it's being shot, I have very little involvement with it besides maybe watching it, you yeah. know, um, because it's just not my role. Just as simple as that. Would I like to? Of course I would. But I would also love to do six other jobs on this show, too, because mm-hmm. I would love I would love to never have to sleep, have all the time in the world and just do everything. There you go. There's <laughs> the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have uh, any work from this episode? Because there's there's obviously some stuff on your art station, which I suggest people take a look at. Uh, but is there any stuff that you haven't posted publicly that you're planning on putting out at some point? No, I think everything for Zelay is on there. Oh, okay. I think so. Um, the only thing that never gets posted is unused designs. Oh, okay. And the only reason for that being is that I'm very careful about what Seth wants to put forward. He's mm-hmm. very particular about that kind of thing. Like, I mean, of course he is. It's his show. Sure. Right. So I never want to put something out there that could be misrepresented or someone could start using as a fan fiction like font or something, which would be fun, but it's his world. He's designing it when he's building the show with um, Goodman. And I don't want to ever release anything that they deem wasn't right for the show. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause then you get someone who goes, Oh, I wish they had done that, even though they were probably perfectly yeah. happy with what they got. Exactly. And that's, that's not my place. Yeah. You know, it's not my place until they tell me to, until they're like, yeah, release everything. Then I'll be like, okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> sure. No problem. I know we talked about how difficult it would be for human to visit Zalea. This is more of a fun question. Would it be a place that if high gravity wasn't an issue, you would like to spend time there? I think I'd like to spend time there either way, mm-hmm. even if it's super dangerous because it just looks like, well, first off, it's one of those things where What's the attractiveness of it? The attractiveness of it, of course, initially is that it's a foreign planet, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere brand new to discover. And that if you've got any kind of exploration gene in you, you're definitely going to want to go check that out. Also, it's somewhat relatable. It's not Earth, but it's like enough like Earth, right? So yeah. there's that attractiveness to it, right? It's, it's, it's different, but the same. 
And then on top of it, too, I mean, the wildlife alone has got to be just absolutely crazy. Mm. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. like the first thing I would want to do is go to the Zalean Zoo. I don't know if I want to go like camping in Zalea with my gravity suit on where maybe like an ant could just puncture through it and then eat me out from the inside. <laughs> that sounds horrible. But a zoo sounds good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would not want to go swimming in the ocean in Zalea. Would you ride an evac if you could? Oh, for sure. And then I fall off the gravity with my gravity suit, crack the <laughs> yeah. faceplate and die. Yeah. <laughs> But it would it would be fun while it lasted. It would be fun while it lasted. Yeah. It'd be great. It'd be beautiful. This is such yeah. a great experience. Death. Death. It's a good way to die, I think. Good way to die, yeah. How'd he die? Fell off an evic. Huh. Mm-hmm. Good story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's basically uh, the main question we had, unless there's something we didn't cover in the episode that you'd like to add on. Well, I just, I like that episode in general, not even just from a design aspect, because um, let's, we all, we all want to talk about the, let's just talk about the elephant that's in the room, right? Sure. Is that... Alara leaving. What does it feel like from Star Trek Next Generation? Let's see. It's Tasha Yar. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We all know this. Yeah. We all know how similar that is. It's not intentional. It's completely coincidental. It wasn't meant to be like that. But <laughs> it it happened. It happened professionally. And, you know, we had to figure out how does our character leave this beloved character from season one. Mm-hmm. And how do we give her her moment so it doesn't feel cheap? That was such... A big deal. We mm. want to really make sure we made that happen for her, not just as a character, but also, you know, for Halston, for everybody, you guys, we just wanted to make sure that it didn't feel cheap. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think with Home, we made that happen. I think with Home, it makes sense. Why Alara leaves is she's finally able to make peace with her family. She's been away from them for so long. She wants to reconnect. Her father's getting older. Like, it's it's all really simple stuff, but it's yeah. stuff that's real. Mm-hmm. Like, as as a living organism, if you have a family that you feel estranged from, but you still have a, this tenderness towards them, and you do have this opportunity to finally reconnect, but you got to take away time from your career, you're mm-hmm. probably going to make that choice. So that, that, to me, was great. Us being able to sell that, you guys really loving it, us loving it, the actors loving it, like, everybody just came together on that episode, and I think... That's what's so cool. It's like it was so successful. And it it doesn't feel like the Tasha Yar moment. It doesn't. Like, it's no. similar, but it doesn't feel like it. And that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we made those comparisons in our discussion. And one of the things that we said was kind of the biggest shame of this episode is that it feels like this is the Alara we wanted all along. Like she finally came into her own in her final episode, which is, yeah. is good for her story arc. But also like, oh, now we really understand alara and now she's leaving mm-hmm. which is hard because yeah. that's the other thing too right it's like they they had to think about where they wanted to go with the character what the plan was and then try to bring that in in a boiled down sense without it feeling cheap so it's it's good that you feel that way because it means we did our job because you want more yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean as as frustrating as it can be the fact is, is that we nailed it because you want more so that's that's great that makes me happy as a viewer it was a very beautiful episode it was. and i I just visually and story wise, it was just it was great. Yeah, and I'm happy to hear that because that was a big that was a big deal for us that we wanted to be visually also beautiful. The, even though it becomes this kind of intense hostage scenario, yeah. uh, <laughs> people's fingers are almost getting cut off. The idea still was that Zalea should again be this be this image of what maybe we can be, mm-hmm. right? A little bit, which is nice. Like it, it felt that utopian. When, you, when you're viewing Zalea and view Zalea culture, but, you know, there's still cracks under the scene. As perfect as Zaleans try to put themselves forward, look what happened in that episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
look look what a society like that can breed underneath unfortunately is that if you're not careful if you're too damn efficient if you're not able to have enough compassion a you can push your family away and b you can also end up ruining people's lives so mm-hmm. it's interesting it's interesting there's a lot going on in that episode so yeah i'm a big fan of it i'm glad that you guys love it I hope we get to go back to Zelaya too. I really do because it's it is like Katie said, it's so visually beautiful, and just to mm-hmm. see more of it would be really interesting. Well, I think the good thing that that Seth and Goodman are always about is that they they know what stage they're setting, and they they know better than to set a stage and walk away from it. So I'll mm-hmm. just say that mm-hmm. they're no dummies. So for sure, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. Well, before we uh, wrap it up, please plug all your social medias, your Twitch channel, all that good stuff. Oh boy, I should have picked an easier name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you guys want to check me out, I do stream um, on Twitch. I have an art stream, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I've been trying to keep it to um, practical art right now. So right now I'm doing a lot of ink and markers, trying to walk away from my Photoshop a little bit, just because I do so much of that during the day right now. Mm-hmm. So if you do tune in, I'm usually come on on weeknights around 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. I can't talk right now worth a damn. <laughs> I'm just falling apart here, people. <laughs> um, but anyways, you can catch me out on stream on Twitch uh, at Good Natured Villain. Now, Good Natured Villain, of course, isn't spelt Good Natured Villain. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelt at <laughs> G-N Villain. Or no, it's not. I don't know. We'll link it in the show notes. Just link it. Just look at <laughs> the show yeah. notes. No, just... Anyways, you guys know what to do. Um, I love you guys, and I'm really happy every time we get to do this, and I have no problem with the audience hearing that. (laughs) This is super fun. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. We appreciate the time. We appreciate the insight. It is always a blast talking with you. So, Okay. Yeah. Thank you, too. And I'm I'm sorry I rant. I'm just trying to be more normal. Yeah. (laughs) And here comes the mug again. Yeah, yeah, the giant mug's back. (laughs) This thing's like 20 pounds when you fill it. It's ridiculous. It's it's a workout as well as hydrating. But honestly, guys, thank you for going back through the seasons. It's been a lot of fun, like, listening to you talk about it and having eyes back on it again. It keeps it fresh, you know? So it's it's great. It's been a blast. Mm-hmm. We're enjoying the whole process. Yeah. I've loved, I don't know, and I, I like talking with Rob about it, too. It's just like I get to fan out Yeah, once a week and just kind of go back through the good memories and everything from watching it. So Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So thank yeah. you again. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you no for problem. being on here and making time because I we both know you're very busy. It's okay. And next time, I swear to God, it's going to be so much better. <laughs> you had a fire also kind of, you know, there were fires, do- doom. There were and- fires around the house. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. If anyone doesn't Literally. know, I live in Los Angeles and you, that should be enough to tell you what's going on. Exactly. So, mm. but again, thank you guys. It's been a blast. Quantum Drive is a production of The Geek Generation. If you like this show, be sure to check out our other podcasts on The Geek Generation Network at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus podcasts along with other perks, you can visit our Patreon campaign at thegeekgeneration.com slash support. You can follow Quantum Drive on Twitter at Quantum Drive Pod and me at Logan. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Twitch at KatiePetersPlays. And Katie is spelled K-A-T-I-E. Please rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we may read your review on an upcoming episode. Finally, questions and comments can be sent to quantumdrive at thegeekgeneration.com. We're out of here for now, but we'll see you soon in In the the future. future.